Hola guapas, and welcome to episode 14 of the Hola Guapa podcast. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Nisha Batesh. I'm also the founder and creative at Ola Guapa, a digital community of almost 12,000 artists and creatives from all over the world. A blog, a website, an online shop, a podcast, and most recently, a small batch slow fashion line. On this podcast, we take the creative conversations even further, sharing the real stories, tips, and tricks the artists in this community have found on their journeys to success. I'm so thrilled to introduce you to collage artist Jasmine Romero. Her talent and passion for the world of collage, which we both felt is a totally untapped medium, by the way, had me so inspired and yearning to learn more. What I loved most about talking with her is how evident it is that being an artist actually runs through her blood. So much so that she didn't let the barrier of expensive art supplies or art school tuition stop her from creating a career as an artist. But it doesn't stop there. As an emerging creative, Jasmine shares how selling her work across multiple platforms, exhibits, commissions, and alternative revenue streams is most definitely the key to building confidence in her baby brand, and the most important way to give back to her community by giving her audience a wide variety of ways to access her art on their levels. So whether you're an emerging artist, an established artist, or still just dreaming about the possibility of it all, this is the episode for you. And with that, let's get into the show. Hi, I'm Jasmine Romani Romero. I work under the pseudonym Princess, and I am a collagist. Awesome. Um, I think we should take it all the way back to the beginning um, of your creative journey. It's, is there a moment that you remember, like when you were fir- when you first knew that you were going to be an artist, or you were sort of born to create? Is there like an exact moment in time, or was it more of just like an evolution kind of a journey that you're still going on? I, there's always this funny story that my family tells me about how like I was always like an artistic type of person and just because when I was like five I guess I had this um, habit of asking my siblings to draw something for me if I saw something I liked on TV and they like they did it for a while but then they're like why don't you just do it yourself and I was like <laughs> oh what I could do that and then I just started drawing and I just never stopped drawing since then and then it evolved into like other mediums but yeah, I just always had this urge to like capture something. I was always very interested in like studying things, studying aesthetics. You know, I was very, very attracted to color. So it was just, I've just always been into it. Did you go to art school or are you all self-taught? It's all, it's all self-taught. I mean, you know, I had the basic art classes like in, you know, in, in public school, but never went past like, you know, like high school. I went to college for just tv production but everything else was always just self-taught yeah i know i think that like a lot of um you know creatives sort of struggle with that figuring out i think the common theme that i've been hearing is like um people often go to college for something else that they find a little bit more like stable or maybe their parents ask them to do it um but in the end you know they end up coming back full circle to, to working on something creative Yes, I I thought, you know, when I was about to get into college, I was like really confident in just making myself do all the self, like all the self teaching, and um, I wanted to do something like more, you know, like they told me more practical to like not do art as a full time thing. So you know, I was I was like, okay, well, I want to, I do want to be safe, and it was really expensive to go to the art schools that I wanted to go to. Like that was the hugest barrier, honestly, for me was just, well, I can't spend eighty k, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. just gonna try to bring it, <laughs> you know. I I mean, you've done an amazing job. Your art is so cool. So you focus heavily on, um, you know, like is it? Uh, how would you describe your art or your style? Uh, so after everything that I've done or like thinking back on all the things that I've done, there's, there's always been like a theme of like mysticism or like interest in like the mythological or magical. Um, there's always an aspect of transformation and there's definitely a focus on ladies. 
I just love ladies. I love drawing ladies. I just think uh, <laughs> they're so beautiful and they're so artistic. And uh, I don't know. It's just something about the form that is so like, I don't know. It's just, you know, I'm very in tune with it. Um, and a lot of it is just like magic, transformation, um, feminism. There's a lot of a spontaneity I like to put into my work. I like the idea of like play in my work. Like I want things to be very playful. I think, I think um, a lot of art is just, and I think I said this before in the interview, but you know, a lot of art is just very like angsty and I want more like happy. Yeah, it is funny because I think that there's sort of this like preconceived notion of like the struggling artist or like you said, even like the angsty sort of like disturbed artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, there's so many creatives out there who just that isn't their story. And I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, some who are, but I feel the same way. Like I don't, I, I don't feel like a struggling artist or like this like depressed, moody sort of character. So I think it's really cool that you're telling yeah. your story too. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of like, uh, like I'm going to have to take a second to think about what I want to say for sure right now, but I want to like put forth, like I want to create images that put forth the energy that I want to continually project like like I don't want to keep thinking I mean like you know I don't want to ignore my sadness you know I want to work through that but I want to just be like let me create something happy so I can continue to be happy and make others happy that's or, so like, cool something magical and hopefully it makes other people feel magical and not think about that sad thing that they it, have going it on. totally does I mean your work is like so inspiring it's definitely uplifting um and your medium is collage. So can you talk to us a little bit about, maybe for those who don't know much about collage, um, I know you talk about it as being like a super inclusive um, medium, which I find really fascinating. Can you speak a little bit about that? I would love to. Um, I just, uh, you know, after, you know, I've, I've explored drawing, I've explored painting, I've explored photography. And I like, in order to do all of those things, Drawing not so much. I've always loved that it was just pencil and paper. But photography, you gotta you gotta get a camera and you gotta get an SD card and you gotta get equipment and and painting is you gotta get paint and you gotta right. get brushes. <laughs> it's just all of it. You know, costs so much money and and it's you know if you want to just make art, you you sometimes you feel intimidated by like what you know what are all these supplies? What are all these options? And and that's that can be a barrier for a lot of people. Understandably, it was a barrier for me. And and uh, collage was something that I just was like, I don't even have to think about it. You know, mm -hmm. like I don't, I can just pick up a magazine, like a magazine that was just laying there and rip stuff out and just put it on a piece of printer paper that I had. And that was just so like easy and so like cheap, you know, like not cheap in like a, like a, you know, like a negative way, but like, wow, I didn't really have to go out of my way to do anything. And it's still art. Like it wasn't, you know what I mean? It's very accessible. Totally. And I found that very, I found that very magical in itself because it's like, I'm taking these other things and I'm reusing them and I'm making, I'm giving them new life without really um without really like thinking too hard on it it's a very visceral very like raw thing to do and i like how uh, anyone can do it it doesn't matter who you are where you are how old you are you can just do it i love that i think it's such a i mean even talking about the fact that you know you are self-taught and you started with a medium that literally requires like nothing more than a piece of paper in a magazine, you know, it, it's so cool to hear like that side of things, because I think that, like I said, there's sort of this like idea that you would have to go to school or you'd have to be formally um, taught or trained in a certain skill. And I love that you've just sort of like defied that and said like, I'm, I'm an artist at heart and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna create like you can't help but to not, you know? It's just like a craving, <laughs> you know, like I, and I think, you know, it's not exclusive either to artists. It's just, you know, I feel like if you're passionate about something, you're just going to find a way to do it. You know, yeah. it's a habit. It's a habit. 
and it's a habit that you just continue to do. Yeah. So talk to us about your process with collage. I know you say that you started with, um, you know, sort of maybe what you had. Has it evolved at all or are you still using the same process of, of magazine and cut and paste? It's come a long way since I started doing it in 2017. Um, in 2017, it was just, it was super, like, super raw, super rough kind of work, like, literal, like, whatever I liked in the magazine, what, like, whatever magazines I had on hand, I would just tear out and, like, use it on all these envelopes that I got because I just had so many envelopes from, like, you know, my, my sibling who lives in another state or like, you know, greeting cards or what have you. And I was like, I don't really, like, I don't want to throw out these envelopes. Like there's pretty writing on them. There's pretty stamps on them. They have these fun colors. Like one is green, one is pink. And they were like a canvas. And so I just used them. I just used letters and magazine scraps first for a while. And then over the years, it's become it's become a lot more, uh, it's become less visceral. It's become like a little less um, loose. It's become more uh, layered. And um, I, I did a lot of digital collage for a while because I wanted more control because that's a big thing I've noticed for myself and my artwork is, I don't know, I just, you know, I feel like I don't, I'm not in control a lot of the time in your life. So when you have a hobby, you feel like you're in control of it, you know, but mm -hmm. then I felt that it started hindering me, like doing too much digital collage could hinder me because it was like, there was too much control. For those who don't know, um, what is the difference? I mean, obviously digital collage, digital collage is that you're using a computer, but is there, um, can you explain to us like the difference of the process? I think everybody would understand like what regular collage is, but how are you collecting sort of these scrappy items if you're working on a computer? That's a good question. Um, so, and this also leads into how like my material gathering process changed. So when I wanted to do more digital collage, cause I wanted to be like, I guess like less messy in person, I used a lot of uh, like websites. Like I would go to the Met, they always have like a public domain collection. I would go to old book illustrations. I would just go find very old images because gotcha. I just have an affinity for those like vintage images. And I would just kind of like use the same like eye, like eye seeing method that I did with magazines. Like I always look at the whole image and then I try to pinpoint something that like a very specific form within the image itself that attracted me, like something that just kind of like stuck out at me. So I would pinpoint that and I would cut that out, like with like the lasso tool on Photoshop. And then I would go find another image that, you know, and I would just repeat that over and over again until I had several pieces right there. And then I, then I would tweak them. And that's when the control comes more in because on Photoshop, you have so many things that you could do to an image, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like graphic design, honestly, but it's still collage because it's, it's like less rough or, or more rough rather than graphic design. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm looking through your Instagram right now. Your stuff is so cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really honestly so like touched that you like my work. It's so cool. So take us, I mean, obviously you've built sort of, you know, you, you've developed a community and your work has really um, gone through this evolution. And um, I want to hear more about how you turned it into a business. I think it's, you, you mentioned it started as a passion and a hobby. What steps did you take to sort of turn that into a business? It's not a full-fledged business right now it's kind of like a baby business which is yeah you know, it's but it's like you know it's budding which is it's it's nice it's nice to see and it's and it feels good um uh instagram really helps a lot honestly like it's it's i wasn't really someone to depend on instagram before and i don't think i like really still depend on it too much but it's really it's an interesting tool for me and and it's honestly necessary now, you know, it's, it's necessary to have. 
a platform online because that's just you know that's just what I mean especially now and this this year like we want to be digitally present because we can't be physically present as much as we want to yeah and um Instagram just like helped me like you know first of all it was a way for me to just put my work out there so it's just not sitting on my desk or like in a, in a drawer somewhere and um it helped me see what people liked and responded to and and eventually like you know i i mean i don't really try to do work for anyone other than myself but it's always fun to see what people have to say you know and and it, it it's great to get comments because they give you other ideas on what to collage on or so i was just like okay well something's happening here like people are actually reacting to my collages i've gotten a lot more like genuine reactions to my collage work than i did with photography or than i did with drawing and that was like an interesting thing for me like i liked that feedback because it it made my work feel more like more like real somehow um yeah. and, uh then I just, you know, I just kept going. Like I just kept making art and just focusing, finding like finding my, my focus with it. Finding your focus with it is really important. Um, and then people just started asking me to, you know, like, can you do this for me? Like, can you commission me uh, this? Or like, can you just like, can I, you know, it was, it started off like that. And then I was like, I could get a Patreon and Patreon helps too. So I just kind of use Patreon and Instagram like together. And Can you I don't explain really... Patreon a little bit? Um, yeah. A little bit further. Definitely. Patreon. Um, so Patreon is one of the many kind of like art or like subscription services out there for creatives rather, not just artists, but like creatives as a whole. Um, and basically, if you're on Patreon as a creator, then you get to be, you get to um, reward the people who support you, basically. So, you know, if you want, if you want, if there's like this comic artist that you love and you just want to like support them, but you don't have a lot of money, you can just give them a dollar a month. But that gives, but you'll get something back for that dollar a month that you give, or five dollars, or ten dollars. But you always get something back, and I like that because gratitude is. That's how you show your gratitude towards people who support you, you know, and gratitude always begets more gratitude and begets more happy things. And uh, Patreon allowed me to do that. Patreon allowed me to show that I appreciate the support and Patreon allowed me to also stay accountable. What I do on Patreon is, you know, I give out like wallpapers of my collage work, uh, like downloadable, you know, a lot of download, like digital downloadable, thingies um i do uh sticker packs like monthly sticker packs for people who pay seven bucks a month i do a uh, monthly four by six prints for ten dollar patrons i do videos every month and that's just you know extra content for people who are showing me extra love that's amazing and you said that there's a few of these sort of like um give back sites Yes, there's um, there's not only Patreon. Uh, Patreon is probably like one of the biggest ones, but there's Kofi, which is a little less structured, but it's you know it's it's more donation based. And there's there's a bunch of others I can't even remember the name of right now to be honest. But they're they you know they all have their own you know pros and cons, and some 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 sites you have to pay to use, some sites you don't. It really depends on what your goals are. Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing way to sort of build a community around your work. And I love like the give back element of it. And then, you know, when people want to support you, and they want to see more art from you, they're able to donate. It's so such a cool concept. How everything's great. Everything's gone so digital, you know, it's it's cool to see um, the advantages of that, especially like in the creative community. Yeah, it's really, I mean, you know, I, I wish, I wish everyone could have access to the internet and, you know, there's, there's still such a huge digital divide, unfortunately, but, but, you know, for those who are lucky to have it, like, it's really, it's really a blessing, I think. And you think that that's been sort of a huge uh, tool 
Patreon and, and, you know, the journey of turning your uh, hobbies into sort of more of, of, of a business? Yeah, Patreon's a big, I think that's a, it's a good like transitional kind of thing for me because, you know, I'm a creative person. I'm not really good at crunching numbers. Like I don't mm-hmm. really know how to like, I'm not like a retail person. Like I don't really know how much profit I'm making sometimes. Like I really have to sit down and think about it or like, you know, ask for help or something. But Patreon has allowed me to be like, okay, so I am spending this much to make this happen. Um, I'm learning about like more shipping practices because I have to ship things out a lot more than I ever did. Yep. And it's, it's fun. And, and, you know, those are, those are the beginning steps into like running a business technically. Yep. Um, Yeah. It's, I think it's a great step. I eventually want to open my own, like my own, like little legit, like licensed (laughs) kind of business. But um, I think Patreon's a good transition into that. That's so cool. And I know that I think something that's super like admirable about you is it seems like you kind of always find a way to keep creating, you know, and to keep that alive. Like it seems like no matter what you're faced with, like, okay, you don't even have materials, you're going to find a way or like no formal education, you're going to find a way or, you know, even with this like Patreon website, it's like you're, you're finding a way to sort of build this larger community that will eventually lead to, um, you know, being able to transition to making this like a full-time career. Yeah, it's, you know, you just have to really, it's not that, I mean, you do have to want it, but I mean, you know, I'm lucky enough to have like the resources available to me, but at the same time, like I'm always, it's just always on my mind. Like, like how can I honor this idea or like this thing that I have in my head? Like, it's just something that I really enjoy. And, and if it brings joy to other people that makes it even better. So I think that's just kind of like, you know, the thing that keeps me going is like, I've created something and that is so empowering and that is, and you know, it's just, it just feels good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see like another thing that you've done is sort of creating these collage kits. Yeah. Oh man. I need to do more of those. I, <laughs> I really, oh man. I, Can yeah. you talk to us about the collage kits and sort of the idea behind that? Yeah, of course. Uh, you just inspired me. I'm gonna get on that. Like, <laughs> like good. I have some time. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, collage kits. So that's another um, like little project that I love, just because of the whole accessibility thing. I mean, the idea that uh, I can like curate some fun images for other people to use and make their own art is very appealing. Because, you know, it's, I'm still creating something, but people can take it and make their own thing out of it, make their own artwork out of it. Uh, They're basically just, a lot of my, like most of my collage kits that I have out right now, they're just even smaller pieces of collages I've already made. Um, And it's just a way to be like recyclable, you know, like, I like the idea of like constantly reusing things. I don't think it's a bad thing to reuse things in, in work. I think it's, I think it's a good challenge to like constantly re-envision things. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically uh, they're all like really easy shapes to cut out. You just print them out and you cut them with some scissors and you put them on wherever you want. And I think that's a fun thing to do with your spare time. And I think it's therapeutic too. And these kits are for sale? No, they're free. So They're cool. free on my Patreon. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. So it links back to the Patreon so people are able to do, again, the donation, and then you're able to sort of gift them with this collage kit. That's so it's cool. Like, yeah, exactly. It's a public post, and, you know, like, it happens to be, like, right there. So if people, you know, ever want to, like, they can, but it's, you know. It's there. It's just there for everyone. Amazing. And speaking sort of about like the evolution of where you're going with your work, I don't want to pronounce it incorrectly. Is it palmistry? Palmistry is perfect. Yeah. That's okay. Right. 
I just threw in an I in there just to make it fun. (laughs) (laughs) Can you talk to us about palmistry and sort of what your idea and your vision is behind that? Oh, that's like, that's like a, that's like a little hard for me to explain because it's still kind of like works in progress, but I think it's just a culmination of everything that I've enjoyed in life, like graphic design, like product um, design, um, uh, very custom, unique works. Um, I, I basically want to eventually just have like one place where I kind of show off all the things that I like to do. And, um, you know, so if it's, you know, like you can buy collages, you know, collage prints on there too, but I eventually want to branch out more into like, you know, like vintage trays that have collages that I've put myself on them. Like, so that's like a one of a kind, like artwork that you can use, you know, at home or, or like a cute wooden sign that you put up on your door with like a collage on it or really cool. um, collage reading cards or like, yeah, more, more just collage things, whatever I can do, or like tote bags, you know, like a little brand. Yeah. So you're finding a way to turn, you know, collage into, uh, into a brand actually, just like you said, like, you know, instead of sticking to maybe the traditional uh, format of, you know, found objects on paper, you're finding a way to then transfer those images, maybe, you know, digitally or otherwise onto items that can then be used and sold. And what a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, It's just, you know, you don't really see, you still don't really see a lot of like collage work on things. Like it's always a drawing or a painting or a photograph, which is, you know, which is, you know, they're all, they're all wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But uh, collage is like still like not mainstream. Like it's still not very seen. And I just feel like there should be more of it. Yeah. It's true. It kind of is this like little untapped um, medium. And I know, I think that the people who are into the artists that I've, you know, spoken with who are into collage are like obsessed with it. It's almost like a form of therapy, you know? It is. It really is. It's, uh, it's, I think it trails back to that, that, um, you know, that rawness, like that kind of just like having something jump out at you and you know, you just kind of know that it's, that it works instead of, as opposed to like, you know, you're doing a painting and you're trying to be very strategic and, and uh, you're, you get all hung up on technique and you get all hung up on what brush am I using, <laughs> you know? And uh, collage isn't like that. It's just kind of very, it's very, it's very <laughs> intimate. It's a very intimate thing. It's very like, not that painting isn't or anything else isn't, but collage is like, boom, <laughs> like, you know, like it's just right. It's like instant. It's an instantaneous connection. Uh, so I think that that is very therapeutic. I whenever I've had like zine workshops, um, I usually just have them kind of collage their zines. And every time I've done one, at the end, everyone or like a lot of people are just like, "I feel so much better." Like I didn't even know I had all of that inside of me. And I think it's because they collaged. I think it's because they were like they figured some things out for themselves or they like took a part of themselves that they had inside that didn't even know, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like, um, you're able to access, you know, whatever you're yeah. thinking or going through, through collage. It's a very subconscious kind of thing for sure. And I know that you're super passionate about like, um, aesthetics and the use of colors that you use and, um, what's, what's behind that. Color is just like, my whole life (laughs) i don't know why but it just i just love everything colorful and i love and not even just bright colors but just like the way colors look together i just like i just like how the way two colors or three colors together can change the entire feeling of something so a lot of the times my work when it comes to using color is honestly kind of subconscious, but I always do kind of like, like a check. Like I, I do like a, like a self check when I have pieces together. I'm just like, do these colors like each other? Like, I just need to ask myself that, like, do they actually 
get along. Like it, it really, it really makes, it really just brings the whole piece together if they do. And it really projects a certain mood or a certain personality. The right colors really, they, they matter. Was there like a, a moment in time where you sort of remember being, getting obsessed with color or has it just always been in you? I think, so when I was more of an like amateur illustrator, all I ever did was just use pencils. Like I didn't color anything. I never, I never bothered to color anything. And that was like through the end of high school. I was just obsessed with sketching. I was just obsessed with the way pencil lines looked for whatever reason. It was a very comforting thing for me. But I think once I started doing photography, that's when color, well, no, actually painting. When I started painting, that's when color popped out at me. And um, it was just the fact that, you know, like the cheapest paints are, you know, they're always like a certain saturation. They're always very bright. Um, and I just remember using them and seeing the way like the colors blended on the canvas and just seeing all the possibilities that you could just come up with with color and I think that's when that really yeah that's when when it kicked off for me just painting and you've become become sort of like um obsessed with it ever since and your your use of color is so cool I see you I see too that you've been um you know featured in a bunch of different exhibits and that's a huge part of, you know, sort of building um, your, I want to say like your community and sort of a huge, it looks like that's something that you've, um, you know, focused really heavily on. Can you speak a little bit about um, being an artist who is exhibiting their work actively and sort of what that does for you? So it's kind of like, it was kind of a surprise that I even got to exhibit anything honestly for me because I never saw myself as a fine artist I never saw myself as like an art gallery artist I I think that's a very that's a very specific world it's a very specific like community and you know not to speak any negativity on it but you know there's like a barrier again like there's a lot of barriers in the art world so I never it wasn't something I really saw myself doing and I think that's why I didn't go to art school either because art just felt very personal and I didn't really think I was I think for a while I didn't feel good enough to do it you know because of again because of those barriers and I just had done a lot of I think I've never exhibited anything until collage and I think my first exhibit was was um it featured all those original collages that I ever did. Like those first envelope, those very raw, rough envelope collages. It was called uh, Hidden and has parentheses around the, the word. Um, and that was a big eye opener for me. I mean, it was, it was a small exhibit, but it was my first solo show. It was my first show and it was my, first show that was all about my work and it was at the Hudson County Art Supply in Jersey City. It's no longer around unfortunately but I'm very grateful to the owner and the space that I was given. It was it was you know it was just like a great learning experience and it was awesome to have people actually show up and look at my art. Like that was a big thing for me. I was like oh like it's not just like a thing I did in passing and People actually want to come and like look at it and talk about it and like that. I can see why that showed me why like people want to exhibit their work because it's just like, you know, if it feels, it makes you feel accomplished and uh, respected. It it does. And it's not, it's just trying to find the right words. (laughs) It was, it was also, um, it was also like, wow, like I need to find a better way to present my artwork. Like I did not have frames. Like I didn't frame anything. Like I like, you know, I don't really have a lot of money. So I was like, let me figure it out like a different way to do this. And I didn't get frames, but 
um, I got like string and I kind of like taped like the backs of the collage onto like one string and then there was another string with another set of collages on it and overall I had there was like 30 something pieces Wow! so they were all just kind of, like floating gently over the wall and like I mean it's not the most professional thing ever but it was you know it made me think about presentation and it made me think about how to dress up an artwork which is very important and those are those are layers that artists do need to think about N you know even if you're not exhibiting a lot it really adds something to your personal art making process totally i mean i think that what's interesting about um sort of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone to do something like an exhibition. Although I, I totally understand what you're saying about it can be a barrier, um, you know, in a certain respect, but on the other hand, um, you know, if you're able to get the opportunity to do so, it, it must've taught you so much. And even just hearing about like dressing up your artwork, you know, that's one element of it, but I'm sure, you know, people want to talk to you about your art. So it's like, okay, you're kind of in your own little zone all day long creating, and then you yes. make this piece and you're able to sort of curate this perfect little uh, title or caption if you're posting it on Instagram or to your website. But mm -hmm. when somebody is standing in front of you asking you, you know, why did yeah. you create this piece or what does it mean? I mean, what, what's that like? Yes, that is, yeah, that was a huge thing. Um, it was, it was like, it was like, you know, like, like you said, it's one thing to post it on Instagram and have like a caption that you thought about, you know, you didn't have to say it on the spot, you know, but, but when someone comes up to you and they like point out all these little things about it and they have all these questions, it forces the artwork to reemerge through you. And it's, it's very it like it's a reinforcement it's a reinforcement of what that art means and it's also a very like like you're not going to get that moment with an artwork otherwise you know like how you know you're not like you can go on instagram and see this person's caption about the artwork but having the artist look at you in the face and be like well i went through this when i made this you know like and, and you can see you can, you know, just see like the channeling of the spirit of that work, which is really fun. It's fun to be able to do that. And it's very like rewarding to be able to do that. But it's also very like humbling because it's like uh, someone wants to know. Like, and I think I think uh, people enjoy that. You know, I think it's two way street kind of thing. It's really cool. And I think, you know, that's something that's people talking about their work in person is probably something that has been lost, you know, just due to everything going digital and probably another thing, um, you know, that that's great. That comes out of that is I think a lot of creatives struggle with pricing and I think getting to see like somebody's reaction in person or, you know, um, being resistant to a price or going, Oh my God, that's so low. Um, that's probably a cool thing too. Do you, do you struggle with um, pricing your work or do you have like a formula that you use? I definitely still struggle because I haven't, I didn't recently, not until recently that I start really selling my work. My work has always just been like, I just do it, you know, but, but in the past, I guess I would say like in the past two years, I've started selling and at first, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, maybe it's because of the way I was socialized, but I don't like to ask a lot of people. Like, I don't like asking for things. So pricing was very like, you know, it was like a struggle for me. Like, I don't, I don't want to come off as overconfident or like over, you know, I don't want to seem that way. But at the same time, like I, put my heart and soul into this so like yeah what is something that makes sense what is something that's reasonable um what is and I also you know I want to keep my art accessible too because I think everyone should be able to enjoy art but uh now I have a formula you I used to not have any kind of guideline but but like let's say if someone commissions me you know like now I like I take a deposit I ask, you know, I ask certain questions 
And then, um, what kind of questions do you ask? Uh, basically, you know, what, what is like, what is the goal of this artwork in your mind and, and what do you want it to portray? And like, what colors do you want me to use? And is there anything, you know, are there any feelings associated with this or when's the dude, when's the due date? You know, that's uh -huh. because I like, I like deadlines there. I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I like enjoy that people want me to do whatever I want to do. I love being given creative freedom, but I also really, really need guidelines. So that's why I ask so many questions. <laughs> really. It's just, I need guidelines and that that's a big, that's a big thing for pricing too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you were explaining sort of the rest of your formula after when, when somebody asks you to do a commission. Yeah, that's just, so if they want a commission from me, basically I tell them, you know, I need this much for a deposit. Otherwise, you know, I really need to deposit it because unfortunately people have, you know, not paid me at all for something that I completed for them. And I mean, it wasn't a complete stranger. It was like a person who was a friend, you know, so you don't expect that to happen, but like, I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like a deposit necessary i think and it's is it there shows... a certain percentage that you take for, for a deposit uh it's it's just the first hour of work okay so i i said i have a certain rate and then i just apply like so like okay so my rate is this uh just give me the first hour worth and Got that it. establishes like a trust you know mm -hmm. it shows that they're serious about commissioning you and it also shows them that you are willing to like do a lot of like thinking for them and um you know it's that initial thing it's like it's just kind of like a pinky swear mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah exactly i was gonna say it's almost like a handshake <laughs> you know yeah okay let, <laughs> let's get started <laughs> exactly do you find that a lot of your work is now commission based or are you selling more uh the original pieces that you're posting on instagram i'm getting i'm doing more commission work now i mean i'm not you know i'm not crazy up to my knees and commissions but but i've been getting at least one or two commissions every month and they're not small projects you know they're always kind of like like a whole digital collage not just like a minimal thing you know something that requires like a print or like a wooden panel work which obviously costs more because it's not digital but, you know, people have been asking me to make things for, you know, like a room, like, you know, their living room or like something to represent like their business or, um, or like a home feeling. Uh, I've been surprised because I don't, I didn't really, you know, like I said, the other mediums I did or I didn't really get a lot of that. And now like this has really brought on more people asking me like can you do this for me it's just like it's been fun something i find so like fascinating about commission work is um you know that people obviously you're creating you're bringing to life somebody else's vision but they came to you for your style so finding a way to merge the two must be a really interesting challenging process mm-hmm Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, that's something that I really, I always toil over that. <laughs> like I always, it might be something that I overthink too much. I'm still struggling with overthinking and, and like being too controlling. I don't want that in my work. I want looseness in my work. Cause I just feel like that's the best, that's the best work. But that's why I ask questions that's why i ask a lot of questions like i need i need colors from you i need like some associations from you like give me some images like as reference or give me like like symbols like do you like bunnies <laughs> do you like flaming hearts and old like religious paintings like do you like those because that would help me like i i think um humans are very much um in tune with symbolism it's uh it's just in our nature i think to be so attached to images and because they always evoke certain things and 
there's you know symbols in different countries different cultures at different times but they've always meant the same thing you know uh, so I do ask a lot of those questions so I can have a better understanding of what they like and make sure that it fits in with what I do. Yeah, so it's good. So you're always prepared. I feel like that's a really good um, key takeaway. And I know like you mentioning um, symbolism, I think that's, it feels like that's a huge um, sort of theme throughout your work. And I know that you're inspired by your own heritage and you're Peruvian, right? So I think that going back sort of, um, you know, through, is it Inca heritage? It's, it's, it's um, Quechua heritage. Uh, I'm Peruvian American. I wasn't born in Peru, but my parents are straight from Peru. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's, there's not a lot that I know too well. Like there's some, there's some mystery in my family history, but I, I did like, I did like a report recently and I have, you know, I just have so much like Andean heritage and obviously the Andes, you know, they, you know, in pre-colonial times, you know, there wasn't just the Quechua people, there was Aymara and there was a bunch more that I can't even remember the name of right now, but, but my mom, her first language was Quechua and that's, that was a, that's a huge language family that's, you know, that's, that originated in, in the Andes and it's so, it's such an old language, but that was her first language and uh, she would speak it sometimes in the house. And I just, I just love that, you know, like that I have that link to something that's so old. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, symbolism is very old and language is where, you know, language is part of symbolism and Quechua is like a very interesting agglutinative language. It's very like image-based itself, even though uh, there, it, it didn't have a writing system at all. But like the words themselves are very like, they're very strong. Um, so I'm trying to incorporate more of that heritage and, and, and its symbols in my work now because you know you i was born in florida <laughs> i didn't get to like grow up in peru and and like you know be there but you know my family always cooked peruvian food they always spoke spanish my mom would speak quechua sometimes and uh they were you know they were able to assimilate very well into american culture so i wasn't like i was peruvian but i wasn't you know and yeah I, now that i'm older and I'm more self-aware and, and uh, I'm struggle. I like, I realized that I've been struggling with a lot of like Eurocentric things, like Eurocentric. Mm -hmm. And I like always wanted to look not the way that I was born. Like I like always wish I had blue eyes or something, or I always wish I had blonde hair or something, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I, I, I'm just like, why? Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like I want to be proud of, my indigenousness and, 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 and essentially, I mean, you know, being Hispanic and Latina is, you know, I'm not only indigenous, you know, there's European in me, there's, there's black in me, there's so much, you know, in there, but I'm so, I just feel so connected to my parents and I just want to like, I want to hearken to that. I want to learn more of that side of me. So I'm exploring that in my work more too. Yeah, that's sort of like your process of, um, you know, self-discovery through your work. You can, you can really feel it. And that's just... Thank you. That's probably, you know, like a, a long journey, like, like for most creatives. Um, something that I've been... A question that I've been having fun asking um, on these podcasts is, um, if you could go back and give yourself, your younger self advice, what would it be? Just love yourself. <laughs> like, honestly, just just be kind to yourself and don't be so obsessed with being someone other than who you are. Uh, be confident, you know, don't be shy. Like I struggled, I struggled forever with shyness. I'm still a shy person. I don't like a lot of people tell me that I don't act shy whatsoever, but like my anxiety is always like up, up to here. I don't know why. 
but but you know it's something I'm working on and 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 if I you know if I could go back to like little Jasmine I'd be like you're great like don't 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 hate yourself like there there's no no you shouldn't put like space for that kind of energy like you should you should be happy with who you are and and you're unique you know everyone is but like embrace your uniqueness I love that embrace your uniqueness I mean I think in the end that's what makes you you every little piece of you obviously it there's it's so reflected in your work and so why not embrace that you know exactly I I mean you know when when especially when it comes to art making like it's just crazy to see how many different art styles there it like are like it's like even you know between like two illustrators like the way their hand moves is different so the way the brush strokes or the pencil lines come out is very different or you know your 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 habits and your texts and and the environment you grew up in and the images you see like your brain interprets all that stuff very differently so so like why try to look like someone else i mean of course you can admire someone else but why why copy their brain you know like looks try to find how your brain works yeah i love that it's been mm-hmm. so great chatting with you um where can everybody find you support you um pimp yourself out okay Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm on instagram that's the, that's the fun easy thing to do it's princess art on instagram now it used to be something else but it was confusing p-r-i-m-c-e-s-s art princess art on instagram and if you like the stuff that you see in my instagram and you want to like see even more extra stuff and you're willing to put down a few dollars you can go on my patreon patreon.com slash princess art as well and uh you know you can watch videos of the of how i do my collages on there if you so choose there's just a bunch of little goodies on there and i also have a website palmistry.com uh p-a-l-m-y-s-t-r-i-e.com that's just like you know my collage art's on there but you can also see like where i've been featured read a little bit about me and then maybe see some of my non-collage work so that's that's where I exist online. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on. No, thank you for inviting me. This was really a really a pleasure. It was. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jasmine Romero. I hope you gained as much value and inspiration from her story as I did. If you love what you heard, please make sure you rate and review this episode on Apple Music and or Spotify. It really helps to spread episodes like this one to other creatives looking for their daily dose of inspiration, and I would be forever grateful. But before we go, if you haven't already, make sure you head over to olaguapa.com to check out this month's collection of guapa gals, including a new collection of tote bags, earrings, and a new item, an energy intention card deck you won't want to miss out on. So head over to olaguapa.com and discover your new favorite female-owned and artist-made brands today. With that, have a beautiful week, Wapas, and as always, sending you tons of inspiration and lots and lots of love.